You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. The Daily Music Business Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast, as brought to you by the crew at Dumb and Dumbest, me, Matt Bacon, and my beautiful co-host, Keith of Ghost Cult Mag. What's up? If you haven't, if you didn't catch last week's inaugural episode with the pair of us, um, Keith and I are music marketers, both based in Brooklyn. We work on a variety of projects together in sort of the metal underground. And today we are talking about ways to create more content in coronavirus. Isn't that right, Keith? That is correct. So I actually just wrote an article about this that you should be, that will be published on May 19th on Ghost Cult Magazine. Uh, So I wanted to kind of go through this a little bit. The first idea, and I want your thoughts on this, Keith, when it comes to kind of creating content during COVID is asking yourself, what can you create? Yesterday I was hanging out with a friend, socially distanced, and we were joking about, we were laughing about something. And I said, you know, all coronavirus is, is like a puzzle game where you try to figure out what you can do given these limitations. Uh, and that's really all content creation is within coronavirus. It's just an extra puzzle. I mean, what do you think? I agree. It's one more final boss level to defeat. Uh, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just, uh, you know, keeping in mind that a lot of my clients and a lot of people that I work with have expressed, you know, a little bit of hesitance about how hard to go at uh, marketing in this time of coronavirus pandemic, et cetera. And I'm, my usual motto is go hard or go home as it is all of ours. But uh, you know, I understand the need to be sensitive or feeling kind of icky about sales and marketing at this time. But I think like the world doesn't stop turning just because this thing happened. And uh, my, my general key of advice is as long as you're not outwardly terrible, I think, you know, your messaging is not gross. I think you can still continue to promote yourself accordingly. I, I think so too. So the real question then becomes like, you know, in a world where you can't, maybe you can't see your band or you can't play the shows, what type of content should you be building, right? You know, what do you see as like sort of lightweight things that most bands have been capable of creating despite everything that's going on? Well, obviously we're seeing a lot of video. Um, Just seems to be, you know, predominance of live streaming and, Instagram lives and Q and A's on Facebook and YouTube lives. If you have or YouTube uh, sort of lives with a tip jar, Facebook is supposed to be rolling out their tip jar function soon. So we'll be interested to see how that goes. That's a, that's a way to get direct engagement with your audience that I think is really great. Um, it's a lot low intensive and I do believe in not winging it. I think you should definitely prepare heavily and even script the thing in case, you know, 
too many people show up, nobody shows up, whatever, have a little bit of a script so you have a running idea what you plan to do, a plan of how long you want to go, make sure your gear is right, check your Wi-Fi signal, check your earbuds, check your microphones, whatever you're doing, check your camera angles, frame it up correctly, uh, you know, treat this thing like you take the seriousness of your performance, take these live streams and live events just as seriously. Absolutely. Other things that I've seen kind of making the rounds and working include, you know, <clears throat> maybe you can't do like a full live stream with your band, but just doing like a and a live stream, that sort of stuff seems to work really well. And even if you're, if you don't want to do like some sort of video content, I've seen people have a lot of success with Dave Grohl has been having a lot of success with his blog posts, you know, and like telling his stories. Um, you know, there's also people who have been getting a lot of traction just <clears throat> um, running relevant memes or engaging, talking to a lot of people because people are more at home than ever right now. You know, uh, I've been having a lot of interesting email conversations that I might not have been able to have uh, six months ago, just but not because I had a bad relationship with those people then, but just because now these people actually have time to answer my emails. So I think that's something else to kind of keep in consideration when you're trying to create this content is you have access to people who maybe you didn't have access to that long ago. Um, and so the other thing I always like to think about when you're, when I'm doing one of these is what kind of content do the fans want? Uh, where would you prioritize the fans' desires, Keith, and when you're kind of coming up with a content strategy? Well, it needs to be in your, you know, sort of hierarchy of planning. And, uh, and if you're not sure what they want, now's a great time to ask them a survey right now, even a very short one, a few questions, you know, or just pose the question on your socials as a post. Hey, what, you know, what are you guys looking for from the band right now while you're home? Is there something we can do to, is there some kind of content you've never got from us before that maybe we can make now that we have time? Uh, what are the things you enjoy the most that we already have done? Maybe you'd like to see again. So I think in sort of uh, making a partnership, making your fans as it should be anyway, but especially now make your fans a stakeholder in that decision. I like that verbiage a lot. Make your fans a stakeholder in that decision. I think that's a really interesting and valuable way to kind of look at it. Cause it's like, who are you creating? You know, on some level you're creating art for yourself, but on another level, you know, we're creating art because other people like it. You know, that's a huge part of the, the process in my eyes, you know, um, and you have to find that balance obviously. But I also think that if we ask our fans, sometimes we get, more inspiration than we might imagine just because they might have seen something somewhere else that they think is cool that they'd like to see you do, which ties into our next point. And this is the really big one, which is, you know, the real key to growing within coronavirus is going to be looking at the bands around you and just emulating what they do. I mean, that's always been a strategy for me. What are your thoughts? Same always look at the you know leaders in your genre look at the leaders in general look to even genres that you're not in look at pop music yeah. and see what they do and see if you can you know I, I i this doesn't always work i'm not a fan of the surprise release for an underground band or a diy band or honestly not even a rock or metal band they don't seem to work but bands continue to insist that they're as cool as The Weeknd and Beyonce and Jay-Z and, and, and uh, Childish Gambino, and I'm going to surprise release my EP or, or album. Just doesn't make sense. Continue to you know, work a regular promotion and release schedule, but definitely look. 
to the leaders of all genres and see what they do and see what you're, you know, what's possible for you to emulate. Yeah, that's, that's, I think a really good point is looking beyond your own genre. Um, Just because I think you can sort of start to piece together other people's methods of attack, you know? And I think that's, I think it's really cool to see. And I remember when I first had that epiphany, I was talking to some higher level manager and he was like, yeah, I stole this idea from the killers. And I was like, wait, we're, we're, we're applying this idea from the killers to like our, our, our nerdy black metal band. And he was like, yeah, dude, like it's all the same shit. But I was actually going to share my dream 100 um, thing that I learned from Russell Brunson's new book, Traffic Secrets, which I know, I know Keith is a fan of the dream 100. And essentially it's this idea that what you should be doing is, um, is coming up with a list of a hundred people you want to emulate or, you know, interact with or play with or whatever, like people you want to be in your circle, right? The people whose fans are, would also be your fans. So if you're, you know, if you're a heavy hardcore band, then it's like knocked loose, you know, their fans are going to be the people who would also fuck with you. Right. Um, and what you end up doing is you put together a list of a hundred and you use that to help you decide, help, you know, by looking at those guys' content, you can sort of figure out, okay, what content should I be creating? You know what I mean? Because now you actually have not, now you're not only just saying, Oh, I need to like look at more bands in my scene to figure out what to do, but you're actively like making a list of bands in your scene to figure out what to do. And I think once you have something written down, it becomes a hell of a lot easier to act on it. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the dream 100 thing, Keith? Love the dream 100 thing. You actually turned me on to it. I'm behind on the Russell book, but I hope to catch up soon. And, uh, it's on my reading list to do. And, uh, I think it's a great concept. I think it's a concept that can apply to anyone, not just bands and artists, but entrepreneurs, business people, students, you know, if you're in high school and you're applying to colleges, you should have a Dream 100 counselors or a Dream 100 college admissions offices. And it's the same kind of concept. Whittle this thing down and really hone in on who's valuable to you. And not just valuable to you, because it's not just about you. Obviously, in, in terms of your career, clearly you, you want to be focused on those things. But, you know, sometimes what can I bring to, the, what can I bring to that 100 people? Can I also... Yeah create a reciprocal relationship where I can do something for them. Not everything is about you or your band or your mission in life, you know, to be unstoppably huge and famous and successful. But maybe sometimes there's, uh, I find that most relationships start by a trading of, you know, Oh, do we share values and ideals? Let's also trade. Let's share, let's share something. Let's collaborate. Let's figure out a way we can help each other rather than, Hey, what I would really like for you to do is co-sign my greatness. Like for real, that doesn't usually work. Yeah, I no, guess absolutely. It does. Yeah, but no, but yeah, the cold outreach is you always want to figure out, you know, you always want to be starting relationships. This is getting away from our topic, kind of, but actually, this is a good thing to do during coronavirus is engaging. Like I said, I have managers who never would talk to me otherwise just because they were too busy suddenly answering my emails. And this is something I think we all need to be taking advantage of. And if you actually have a list written of a hundred people who you, you genuinely want to be talking to and who you genuinely think you could get something out of by 
being friends with and you could bring them something of merit, then like, that's amazing. And by understanding what the type of content you're, they're creating, you're putting yourself in a position where you can, you, you, you can create similar content, right? One of the most surreal experiences of my life was that Inferno 2019 where I spoke. And one of the really surreal parts was like all these Instagram influencer girls who knew who I was. <laughs> and and I, I was talking about it. I was like, how did, how, like this should, okay. And, but it, what it comes down to is like, again, it's the same thing. It's people recognize people who do similar, you know, content, even if it's, oh, we're both sort of big Instagram personalities in the black metal space, even though they're usually artists and I'm a, a marketing guy, you know, that's a really good way to get in touch with people to kind of create, if you're creating similar types of content, they'll probably see what you're doing. You know, game recognizes game and, and you might be able to kind of grow and figure something out from there. You know, that's a really big piece that I think people ignore. Um, would you, would you agree, Keith? Like, I feel like you have a special kinship with like other blog owners, for instance. I do, I do. And I think part of that has to do with location. I'm in New York City. I've also been a concert photographer, so I'm, I'm out at a lot of shows covering them. Uh, there's a your usual crew of people you run into at shows doing interviews or at record labels doing interviews. It's always the same, you know, three to six people who you see at all the same things. And uh, I do feel a little bit of a kinship and a camaraderie with my brethren editors and editrixes and um you know i want the best coverage possible for everybody rather than selfishly be competitive so i'm i'm a person that's always trying to suggest best practices and uplift everybody and i don't really care who i beat to a story or anything but that's my way of contributing to my community yeah no exactly and the more you do that the, you know and this is the ultimate thing i want to just point out as we kind of you know, start, start to head towards the end a little bit here. It's just this idea that if you are actively contributing to the community, especially during a time where people need kind of emotional and um, emotional support, right. You're going to grow, right. This is all, this has always been something I've pushed is that if you engage with your scene, you know, if you support your scene, your scene supports you. The reason that people, get a lot, you know, the reason you see these bands that get so much love from their scene, you know, a band like Dreadnought is a great example of this, you know, is because they're at every show, they're constantly supporting, they're constantly pushing. I remember, you know, just on the Dreadnought note, I remember Kelly showing up to a show when I was on tour in Denver and she was super sick, but she was like, oh, I just wanted to come out and, and say, hey, and you know, it's like investing in that relationship is really, you know, is really important. And the thing is, and this ties into the content creation piece, right? You can do that digitally by doing shout outs online. It's amazing to me the number of bands who aren't doing shout outs when shout outs should be like a huge part of your strategy because sure, not everyone who you shout out is going to reciprocate, but that's not really what it's about, right? What it's about is just showing your <clears throat> a real motherfucker who wants to support the community. And even if the people you tried to show love to don't get it. And, and, you know, sometimes people even make fun of you for shouting people out, which happens and makes literally no sense to me. Um, you know, like when it comes down to it, 
you need to be the ones leading and the people will notice if you were making a point of supporting the community and being a part of the community. You know, shout outs are the exact same thing that, um, shout outs are the exact same thing that, you know, put, putting a band in your liner notes was 20 years ago. Right. And they're an amazing way to kind of keep people, um, aware of the bands in your scene and just show that you give a shit. And that's really something I care about hugely. Um, I don't know. What's your kind of stance on shout outs and other, what other content can people be creating to support the scene? Shout outs are another good form of content. And just like all content, what value am I creating is the first question. What value am I going to create for my audience is the number one question before anything outside of a song or artwork you personally made or your, you know, like outside of artistic expression, everything else that goes into marketing and promoting your band, which should be every single day, your presence. I don't mean to be selling on 10 all the time, but I mean that you should be putting your message out there every day, whatever it is. And so shout outs are just another good form of good content. You're creating value by doing something good for your community. And, and you shouldn't expect that a reciprocal like or reciprocal thank you or reciprocal shout out. You just do it because it's good to do. Also, what's kind of um, fun about shout outs is they don't require you to actually generate any new content. I've always loved that part of them, right? You can literally just go and look up your fucking friend's band and take their most liked picture on Instagram from the last year and then just use that and Bob's your uncle. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, but really, like, and I've literally done that to huge success time and time again. And And it's not... It's not a fancy strategy, but it works, you know, and I, and I feel like people are ignoring this very obvious, um, helpful tactic, you know, uh, that's always been my stance. Like, this is an easy way for you to win today. Uh, the other final point, um, the other sort of quarantine content that's kind of, low engagement um or sorry low low investment is just and again has to do with people being at home a lot is asking questions of your fans i think that's huge i think people if you can ask smart questions of your fans it makes people feel cared about and it gets them to respond and it gets people talking and the more you get people talking well shit you're already on your way to victory um do you have any any sort of final i mean what are your thoughts on asking your fans questions keith yeah i'm a big fan uh polls questions like i said a short questionnaire a short poll polls Uh, are great polls are cool because you can like especially if it's something controversial or whatever it's it's fun to like get people going off each other a little bit and like it turns into a little bit more of a uh it boosts camaraderie if you will that's true but especially around music people love to be right or in the right group right thinking group. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you want to argue about the best Led Zeppelin record, you're going to find a lot of people ready to fight with you about that. And, uh, you know, it can't, you can't go wrong. Exactly. The point being, um, Keith, do you have any sort of final low, <clears throat> low effort types of content people should be looking at creating during coronavirus? 
Yeah, you know, your good old, your good old text post. Sometimes just a question. Sometimes just a thought. Sometimes just a feeling. You know, just check in and ask how everyone is. That's just valid. Just, just ask how. Be a human being, and ask how people are doing, and show some empathy for your for your fellow person in this really difficult time in the world where someone might be struggling. Make sure they're not. Yeah. Exactly. No fans left behind. No fans left behind. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to today's Dumb and Dumbest provided episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast. Uh, it's always an honor to kind of get to be involved here. Uh, thank you to Paul for bringing us on. And we'll be back with you next week. This has been Dumb and Dumbest via Daily Music Business Podcast. You have been listening. Are we done yet? Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.